The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is David Yaz, your host. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. But right off the top, I want to thank our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today at usps.com slash careers. Shout out also to our friends at Adority. That's A-D-O-R-I. Do you like the gadgets on your phones, kids? I know you do. If you want a new podcast player that plays all your favorite podcasts, but also podcast producers here at pod617.com. They will come to life on the Adori player. It's an interactive podcast player. So what's better than the other one, yo? Uh, it's got images and links and polls and all kinds of cool stuff. So go to the app store, Adori, A-D-O-R-I. And we produce podcasts here at our Westwood Studios, Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. Go to that website if you want to be the next big podcast star. And guess what? I might have the next big podcast star in my studio. Here he is, MMA enthusiast. Looks like he could um, crush a car with his bare hands. This guy knows everybody. Boston sports uh, connector. And it's Mike Harrington. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, in studio. King Hap. King Hap. My pleasure. Uh, We've gotten to know each other recently through common circles, and I feel like it was just a matter of time. I'm a rabid uh, Boston sports fan, just like Hap. Hap for short, right? Is that cool? Absolutely. Okay. No, known as King Hap. Pull the mic down a little bit like so. There you go. Um, I had a woman in here once. She made a joke. She said, I've just never had uh, I'm used to, it's cool. I'm used to having something big in my face like this. And I almost like swallowed my coffee. I mean, spit <laughs> up my coffee. Um, so we got a lot to get to today. Hap is, is uh, pondering uh, what could be an epic podcast. And I think it will be an epic podcast. Uh, tentatively titled The Happy Hour with King Hap. Couldn't couldn't be a better, uh, I mean, that writes itself, right, Hap? Sure does. Sounds like <laughs> a hit to me. Yeah. So, where do we start? I mean, I think with your days at MMA, you were telling me has it was not only uh, enjoyable, I take it, and fulfilling and all that it should be, but opened you a lot to the professional sports world around here, made a lot of friends that way. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I was lucky enough to be able to train with some uh, really, really great people. I mean, I uh, currently train uh, under the Daniel Gracie uh Umbrella right. under uh, Ben Murphy, mm-hmm. uh, also Ironclad Martial Arts. It's a big, happy family, and I mean, it's something that's brought me closer to my teammates and also... These are people you want on your side if some shit goes down in a bar, I'm just saying, right? I'll take I'll take Ben, <laughs> I'll take John, everybody. Everybody down there, I, that, those are the people I'm looking for when, when it hits the fan. When did you start fighting? Uh, I started training uh, probably about 10 years ago. I, I wasn't as, um, I wasn't as uh, into it and consistent as I am, you know, these days. Right now, I'm uh, nursing a little bit of a back injury. It so, happens. Uh, we uh, get older, right, Hap? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think you're Superman. And, now, you did know. You, so this is, this is a, a more, this is kind of inspiring because it's more, re, more recent. You're not a, you're not a kid. You're not old either. And by the way, he's 
built like a brick shit house. The half is in fantastic shape. And I always get jealous. He posts these pictures on social media. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, did you play sports as, as a young man? Did you play varsity sports or anything? I mean, I did. I played some, uh, I, I played a little bit of football for uh, the Crimson Tide. That was, I wasn't really uh, football. I, I started working young. Mm-hmm. So uh, football wasn't really for me, but I did. Uh, but you actually did play for Alabama. I, no, I played for the Crimson Tide of Everett, boss. Oh, okay. There you go. City of Champions. <laughs> okay, that's um uh, the the varsity team. Yes. Okay, because there's um that's, isn't there a, a, a semi pro couple semi pro teams in the area? I'm I'm there? not 100 yeah. percent. Like I no, said no. I was never on that level. I okay. I yeah. played I played on uh under Coach DiBiazzo for one year, and then you know, like I said, I wasn't started working. Yeah, wasn't for you. Okay. Um, and into bodybuilding though. I am absolutely. Yep. I um. I mean, every um, I annually attend the uh, Mr. Olympia as well. Uh, platinum VIP member there. It's good time. It's some. It's just been a hobby my whole life, and also something I'm you know very into. Even the professional side of it, I enjoy going and uh, enjoying that. So when you when you fought, how many fights did you? Did you have I, in my, the my all my stuff is training. Just I, training. I, yep, okay. I've never been in the octagon. I've never you know. Okay. I have I've actually been lucky enough to be, you know, my my striking coach John, he trains a lot of guys that have been in the UFC and the big show. He himself was the undefeated CES heavyweight champ. Mm-hmm. Uh he retired undefeated. Uh one of my best friends and actually basically family to me. What is it what what do people misunderstand about MMA? I mean, obviously the popularity is obvious over the last decade or so. It's just uh exploded. Um what what's what are misconceptions to, that some people might have the wrong idea about MMA? The number one thing that I learned when uh, through my training, especially uh, lately with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu under uh, Professor Ben Murphy, I noticed that it's discipline, and mm-hmm. this is something that getting children into it at an early age. I wish that I started earlier. Who knows? The sky would have been the limit. Mm-hmm. But uh, the discipline that you learn, as well as the great friends you make, and the you know your teammates become your family members as well. Mm-hmm. As I can say, if uh, some of my closest friends are my ironclad teammates, and uh, Team Ironclad's a tight tight knit group. Well, what do you say to the critics who say it, it, that it's barbaric? You know, I mean, it's, you know, we had, we had, back in the day, we had, uh, before my time and your time, bare knuckle boxing, right? It was just, you know, making a comeback. Raw. It, it is, it's making a big comeback right well, now. Well, you know, like I say, the critics would say it was outlawed for a reason because people were getting killed. And, you know, every once in a while, a boxer still sadly does die. Somebody just died, uh, Michael Patrick, the other day. Was that yep. his name? Yeah. I've seen that. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, obviously very scary. But it, is MMA, why is MMA not um, more dangerous than boxing, or is it? Four-ounce gloves are a lot different. I mean, the gloves that uh, they wear in boxing, they take in repeated blows to the head. Mm-hmm. Where one to two of those shut the lights off in mixed martial arts. And yeah, okay. I mean, it's um, I mean, people get caught. It's unfortunate. But at the same time, instead of taking, you know, some people take 100 punches, and you know what I mean? 100 punches to yep. the head. That's a lot. That's substantial for brain, you know, CTE, brain injuries, things like that. When you're in mixed martial arts, I mean, one or two of those ends the night. And right. You know, it's it's more of a sport than, I mean, I'm a huge boxing fan. My mm-hmm. whole life I have been. Um, Who are your favorite boxers growing up? Uh, well, uh, I always, of course, everyone my age loved Tyson. Tyson mm-hmm. was the man. I mm-hmm. I did, but one of my favorites of all time was also, uh, rest in peace, uh, Tommy Morrison. Yeah, Tommy um, Gunn. Yeah, he was, he, he, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of things. I don't know if you read about him on the internet. No, no I mean, I, I know that, I know what most people know, I guess, that yeah. he was a, it was a, a Pretty damn good boxer, mm-hmm. best known for appearing in Rocky Five, and then sad ending because yep. he, he got great. sick, he had AIDS. But what great. what don't we know? Greatest, about him? 
Greatest left hook of all time, first off. I really? Mean, you if you, yeah, absolutely. Um, I still to this day remain friends with the lovely Trish Morrison, his wife. I mean, mm. I had a little, uh, me and Tommy had, you know, spoke back in the day and actually talked about doing a little bit of training back uh, when he owned his taking care of business gym. But um, they're still in court with this. With when, what? With what? When, when Tommy died, yep. he died no, he had no traces of HIV in his system. Is that right? Absolutely. And also, when he was found to have HIV, Quest Diagnostics is the people who ran the test. And if you look, Quest Diagnostics actually wasn't even authorized to test for HIV back then for a boxing protocol. Hmm. So they came back with an HIV finding when they were, I mean, he wasn't even supposed to be tested for that. And years mm-hmm. later, he was found to not have HIV. He actually went on to resurrect his boxing career. But by then, he was uh, he was an old man. Yeah. Well, his, Jesus, I never knew that. So yep. what did he die of then? Actually, well, <laughs> in the end, what ended up happening was he was trying to be a trainer and make a comeback. He did have a pectoral implant, mm-hmm. uh, both sides of his chest. And when they sewed him up, they sewed him up a nine feet of surgical gauze in him. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was. Bu- well, I mean, this is I mean, this is actually in court right now. This is public wow. record. I'm just telling you from yeah. my, my firsthand knowledge. I just. Tommy Morrison's one of those professional boxers that I always, I always admired. And yeah. you know, when he when he got AIDS, I, well HIV, I was actually devastated because I love following his career. He actually had, I believe, it was an eleven million dollar guarantee to fight Tyson when Tyson got out of jail. So he eventually believed. It seems. To, is there a counter argument to this? Does the company still maintain that he actually did have HIV? Or they actually say that it might have been like a unfortunate misunderstanding. Oh, oh my God, that's and, crazy. Uh, yeah, this is in this is in Superior Court right now. I know. Like I said, I and he did he die thinking he had AIDS? No, he died no he fighting that he didn't. Right. Okay. So he he never believed he had it. Well, at first he did. He actually took the yeah. medicine and things like that, and they were making him very sick. Right. So then he ended up. Uh, staring away from the medicine and say whatever he got tested and then they started noticing he didn't have HIV. I had no idea. Yeah. That is much different than the the narrative that's out there about him. Yep. Good guy. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I spoke with him uh, at least a dozen times. We spoke on the phone. He owned, he opened up a gym called uh, TCB Gym, taking care of business, and uh, he had invited me down to do some training with them, which would have been fantastic. I regret every day that I didn't because obviously his unfortunate passing. Uh, like I said, I still from time to time speak with Trish, just mostly on social media. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Morrison, Tyson, um, some of your role models there. Um, and so so what's it like? So some of these these fights that you've trained fighters for, does that mean you're in their, I don't want to say you're in their ring. It's not a ring. It's an octagon. But you're in their corner. It's I, one no, of the corners. I've, I've been to fights in Vegas with some of the fighters back, yeah. in, you know, back in the day. I haven't, you know, the only person that I've really been to any professional fights with as of late is uh, Big John when he right. was uh, fighting for CES Umbrella. I, I, like I said, I just I was lucky enough to train at Sitiatong back in the day where a lot of really, really high-level fighters were. Those were, you know, some... Uh, UFC veterans back then. I was never in, like I said, I was never in the cage with any of these people. But yep. I, I, again, it's something that I look at now. And I say, wow, this was pretty fantastic. So, and training with John is is an honor. So I admit I've never been to a, uh, a fight. Uh, have I been to a boxing match? I don't even know if I've been to a boxing match. I'm I'm a sheltered kid. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> what's it, what's it like to for those that haven't? Should they? And what's it like to, oh, to att- be close to that? Attending them live is fantastic. I mean, if if I was going to have, uh, like, nosebleeds, I would stay home and watch it on TV because it's great footage when you watch it on right. TV. Up close and personal, though, though it's, it's a great feeling. And when you, I mean, when I when you know somebody who's in the cage, yeah. like I said, with, with, with Big John, it, it 
it's nerve wracking. Right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, and there must be so much energy just in, in the, that's what I've always heard about a great prize fight. My dad was lucky enough to get ringside seats to Hagler, uh, Leonard, the, uh, Hagler's last fight, unfortunately for Hagler. Um, and he said there was not like, I mean, you know, you can go to a basketball game, a football game. There's a lot of tension in there and there are moments, but for the moment a fight starts, I've heard it's just like, Oh, so much energy, right? That's that's another thing with the, with the mixed martial arts as opposed to boxing. Like I said, because one or two of them can end the night, but you don't know when that fight's going to change. I've seen fights where people are getting dominated, and then you just land that one, and you know yeah. it turns the whole thing around. And it's you know it's quicker and you know boxing. I remember uh, another one of my favorites, Prince Nassim Hamed. Do you remember him? Yeah, I remember that. Oh, name. I sure. loved Prince. Yeah, I, everyone everyone was like, well, how do you like this guy? Yeah, but he was a show, you know he was a showboat. He was Conor McGregor before there was Conor McGregor, right? And uh, but he would go there, and this guy would be getting, you know, he'd be, you know, dodging all these. Then he'd land something big. Right. He'd be chasing him. He'd land something big, and you know what? Either the fight would be over, or I'd totally swing the temple. Guy only lost one fight. He really? has no respect. He was he was elected into the Hall of Fame, which I thought he deserved, but he lost one fight his whole career. It's the one sport where you can lose. I guess different levels of different number of rounds, right? But you can lose every round right until the last. I mean, you can't do that in football. If you're losing, you know, 35 zip in the in the with two minutes to go, the, the game's over. But score two touchdowns, it means nothing. Exactly. But in fighting, that that one knockout blow, yeah, that's that's. Uh, I never thought of it that way. Um, we're gonna get to other stuff. Hap runs a Facebook page that you should absolutely visit if you're a, a Sox fan. Um, and millions of people look at this thing. So I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. But first, I just want to tell you about our sponsor, U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the U.S., offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today, usps.com slash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers, so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. You could grow just like Hap's biceps. That's how much you could grow at the U at the U.S. I always try to weave it in Hap. So everything you, everything you need to know is at usps.com slash careers. Apply today. Website, once again, usps.com slash careers. The United States Postal Service deliver for the nation. So should we talk about uh, Wicked Big Sox fan? Because uh, you, you've got, I mean, as a guy who... Um, is versed in you know social media it's it's this is this is the way you got to mark you're you're a marketing guy at heart right absolutely i'm yeah. a salesman you know yeah right <laughs> um it's good because I'm, I'm always delighted to have a salesperson because i've i've been in sales although not uh, for actually a couple times my title certainly was sales and really at the end of the day we're all in sales if you're not in sales then you're not doing your job as well as you could right absolutely so Tell me how Wicked Big Sox fans started and like how you got so much traction on that thing. Absolutely. A, a, a really good friend of mine, Joe Ridd, and actually my partner on the site, he came to me with this idea and uh, he had, you know, he had just started it up. And I mean, he has fantastic, I mean, he's basically the director of all creative on the site and he has fantastic ideas when it mm -hmm. comes to, you know, different types of, uh, you know, mo most he's, he's very good at jokes about uh, Yankee fans. <laughs> they don't like us very much. Yeah. Over yeah. Um, but. He's fantastic with with everything on the computer. He's gone ahead. We've made some, like I said, we've uh, we always put out a lot of good information when you know things that are happening right now, current events in Boston sports. He puts out you know a good picture, something like that, or a story about. Yeah, I mean, when David Ortiz was shot, we had a post over 
about the, you know, Yankee Stadium had posted about uh, David Ortiz on the stadium. Mm. And he had posted that just saying basically how we hate the Yankees, but for things like that, we can't help but love them. Over a million people seen this, this really? post. Yes, it wow. was fantastic. I mean, the other day we put, he posted, uh, you know, rooting against the Yankees, rooting for the Astros. <laughs> I mean, nice. I think I think we had twenty thousand people interact with the post within like an hour. It's somebody said to me the other day. It's an obvious point, but you know, when the baseball season's not over for us, even though we were eliminated, it's not over until the Yankees are eliminated. That's exactly. And, it. and so I was still going at the, at it. One of my friends on social media said something like, "Just want to remind all the Met fans and the Boston fans that are taunting me after the Yankees lost that my team made the playoffs and yours didn't." So I wrote, "Yeah, that's fantastic. When are the Yankees going to raise the banner for the ALDS champion of 2019?" And by the way, when's the parade? I'd like to come join. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it. it, it it's um. Where do you stand on the 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 chant "Yankee suck"? Because some people say we shouldn't say that. It's stupid. It's it's primitive. I'll tell you what. I think it's hysterical when it's yep. at Fenway Park. Yep. But when I'm at like a kids game or something, and I hear Yankees yeah. <laughs> <or> the <laughs> Celtics. Cr- I'm at the Celtics game against the Raptors, and yeah. the Yankee sucks chant start. I, I mean, I it's you know I'm a little embarrassed. I I actually don't mind it ever. I'll defend it till I die. And and the reason why is I think it's a rite of passage of every kid to learn Yankees suck because suck, <laughs> suck is, I mean, now you can say suck on TV and maybe it's no big deal, but it, it used to be, you know, a dirty, dirty, kind of a dirtier word that yep. you wouldn't say in front of your parents. I mean, some kids still, still, I'm sure don't want to say it in front of their parents, but I remember being on a bus. I must've been in the fifth grade maybe. And it was like my buddy's bus. And he said, you got to ride the bus home with me today. Cause it's a rowdy bus. And like the bus driver doesn't care. And we like tackle each other and stuff. And I'm like, all right, Jesus. And they had all these chants that would break out. And all of a sudden everyone would scream Yankees suck and hit and hit the top of the bus. Yankees suck. And, uh, I just remember it's like you felt kind of part of the team to say Yankees suck. So oh, to yeah. me, it's like people say, well, the Yankees don't suck. So it's like, th- that's not it. That We could say, like, I hate the Yankees and everything they stand for, but this is just shorthand, right? Exactly. <laughs> it yeah. doesn't sound as good. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's not so much that we think the team suck. It's that we can't stand you and your Monument Park, and we can't stand that, like, you, you snatch up Roger Clemens and pretend he's your own, uh, and we can't stand that you talk about the history of the pinstripes, and we can't just stand that you say stuff like, and that was the day he became a Yankee. Like, fuck you. Anyway. Um, Roger's, so, Roger's a sore subject with me. I, I remained a huge Roger Clemens fan till the end. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? Uh, he was dominant. He was... Yeah. I mean, he was nasty. And you know what? People are like, oh, my God, he resurrected his career with steroids. And, I mean, he did the right steroids then because yeah. <laughs> you don't just be, you don't just go from being, you know, the pitcher he was here where he was in the twilight of his career, I think yep. was the quote. Yeah, to the guy thank that, you, Dan Duquette. Yeah. yeah, to the triple crown winner. I mean, yep. the guy was amazing. And when adversity was in his face, he was I mean, he was untouchable. I I loved him as certainly as a Sox fan. I mean, yeah, if he if he was on steroids, and I'm sure he he, he was on steroids because in my feeling is you know 99 percent of the league was, and so I, I tend to brush that away as it, it was just a part of the culture of the game, and so and he he was still dominant. I mean, he was dominant when he was a kid in '86, 24 and four, you know, um, and thin and th- and thin, right? Exactly. So that was before the the drugs, apparently. Um, some would argue philosophically that you know 
um, it's like, and steroids are used for this, this, and this, and they're also used to recover from injuries. And I remember somebody saying once, "What's wrong with that? Actually, I, like, why is like why is that so evil? If it's if that's what it's going to do." And on top um, of it, they say that Canseco actually said that he would have been a minor league, a fringe major league player right. if he did not. Instead, he made millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, he and left it's like, all the way to the bank. Yeah, how could you not? Yeah. Yeah, I, right, right. Given the choice, like, yeah, what, are you, what, are you, what are you going to do? You could stay in the minors, or you could, you could do this thing. Um, but uh, I, uh, Clemens was—he was, was also clutch, um, except in the playoffs against the A's. I remember he kind of oh. let us down a couple times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was yeah. painful. But there was one statistic one year it was like my favorite statistic I ever saw. Like the Clemens, like batting average allowed uh, I'm making this up but you'll get the point uh, allowed like with the bases empty was like 250 batting average with a man on was like 220 batting average with two men on like 200 and the batting average with the bases loaded was like you know 121 or something he just got better as as uh, the game got more intense so um, so when you go to Wicked Big Sox fan and find it on Facebook it's, it's the Wicked Big Sox fan just like I said or facebook.com slash the Wicked Big Sox fan yep. um you know, it, it's to me that's great because I used to go to uh, Boston Dirt Dogs, which I don't even know if they're still around. But it was like you. So for, for your page, you'll get like a daily dose of Sox karma. Is yep. that true? It's more. I mean, there, there's some like there'll be some Patriots in there, some Celtics, but it's basically it, as of right now, it's been mostly Red Sox. But it's branched out to where we have you know Celtics and Bruins and all that stuff going on too. But um, you know, you go in, you get your daily dose. People, they you know. What it is, the good part about it is there's, there's nine, I mean, today there's almost 10,000 followers, like, nice. and everybody interacts. Mm -hmm. It's a fun page, and uh, <laughs> Joe's a little relentless when it comes to it, but he doesn't take any bull. He's like, this guy's being, a, you know, this guy's calling this woman out, boom, he's blocked, and, yeah. you know, it's it's not, you know. But members can post if they want to. Absolutely. Right? They, post, yeah. okay. they post on almost all of our pictures. There's, there's back and forth. I mean, it's great. Some things, like I said, the one the other day was shared like 600 times in an hour. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I mean, Joe does a great job. He's a great guy, too. Uh, if you guys have a chance, go buy the site, the Wicked Big Sox fan. Go ahead and drop us a line. Like us. We do a lot of good giveaways, Sox tickets, uh, Red, uh, Red Sox, Bruins, Celtics. I mean, we're always having fun on there. Excellent. By the way, you'll find King Hap on... Uh I just forgot what Instagram was called. Damn, I'm getting old. You'll find him on Instagram at, at king.hap. That's at king.hap. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Are You Not Entertained? The was I and, and the am I entertained? Can I start that again? Sorry. <laughs> am I entertained? I did it again. <laughs> Dumbass. Are you entertained? Ah! All right. Sorry. Sorry. It's Ed Nathanson. I'm here to give you the podcast that I've always wanted to do. That's talking about movies. That's talking about music, sports, pop culture. That's talking to some of the best people in employer branding around the world. Are you not entertained? Can I start that again? I'm looking at your uh, laptop. You've got a Japanese symbol on the back of it. Did you Absolutely. put that sticker on there? I did. And is that the same design as the tattoo on your shoulder? It is. That's actually the Japanese symbol for happiness. Really? Absolutely. Okay. So, and tell me more. Oh, I or mean, is that it? <laughs> truthfully, there's, there's not much more to it. Actually, okay. the symbol is on my Jeep. It's, it's been on the arm for a long time, and uh, it's on the laptop. 
It's kind of like a symbol that I'm known by. Like you said, when you see me on Facebook, a lot of times it'll be there. You see me on social media. A lot of people know the tag. Plus, yep. on all the uh, Wicked Big Sox fan shirts, it's always found in the upper back uh, underneath the neck. So yep. a lot of people are like, oh, that, that, there's the symbol. You know, it, it, It's kind of become a trademark with the... Uh, and is that your fondness for jiu-jitsu? Is that part of the whole absolutely. thing? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the jiu-jitsu that I practice is the Brazilian, uh, is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay, like so I said. not Japanese. Actually. Yeah, no, okay. but, but I mean, I'm still, I'm into everything, you know, martial arts wise. So um, is jiu-jitsu what I've heard? And that is that the, the strategy is to use your opponent's momentum against them? Sure, you use yeah. their limbs against them. You know, you use, you know, I'm a, I train gi, um, mm-hmm. so use their gi against them. So you basically use their clothing. It's, it actually is, it helps sell people for the real world. That's why a lot of women actually take it and they actually succeed at it. Because if a, if a guy comes after you, you want to use his jacket, his shirt, his pants, oh. use whatever you can against him. Mm-hmm. You got to disable him, put him to sleep, injure him, get up and leave. I mean, basically that's how the, the arts taught. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm by no means a professor, mm-hmm. but I am very good. I mean, Ben Murphy, so I considered a brother of mine. Plus, I mean, uh, my coach is Bill Yell, Paul Tomasi. I mean, I, I train with some some monsters. So, so it is, the, the spirit of it is self-defense, I take it. Absolutely. Then. Yeah. So That's 100% what it is. It's, it's actually, you know, you get, you know, you can subdue your opponent, get up and get out of there. You know, okay. same thing with Krav Maga, which is what I train I train Krav Maga and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It's basically somebody attacks you, you injure them as quickly as possible, and move on with your day. And you, so you, do you take a little extra pride in that, that it's not attack, attack, attack? Because a lot of people think all martial arts are like, you know, the, the, yeah. the cliche is like, Wah! like, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to start chopping you and, and like, you know, chopping your head in half, like I chop a brick in half. But, um, so, so the the you, you mentioned discipline before. I guess Absolutely. that's all what the what what it's the, all about. The best fights are the ones you don't get into. Right. I mean, if you're talking about on the street, I mean, if somebody's paying you millions of dollars, I mean, I'd fight an army. Right. But if I'm out on the street and you know the police are there and somebody could you know do something stupid and you know no, I'm I'm good. I mean, I would do anything I could to avoid that. However, if you do, I'm gonna be prepared. I'm gonna strangle you with your coat. I'm gonna you know what I mean? I'm, yeah. I, I, like I said, I've learned from the best, so I'm actually honored and. I'm privileged that I can say that. I, I'm a lucky guy. I'm glad that I'm your friend, Hap. Because Absolutely. I'll be standing on the same side with you if something goes down. <laughs> I've always been a little bit of a, a coward when it comes to bar fights. I've been in, I think I've been in maybe two bar fights, and, and they both got broken up by bouncers before a punch was, was thrown. That's a good thing. Um, if you, see, if so. you do see the uh, Facebook post, I, get, I yep. catch a lot of jokes because uh, some of my closest friends, like I said, my my, uh, my brother Joe Decato and uh, Big John, I was telling you about, yep. these men are Manimals. These are like yep. six, seven, two eighty. Oh yeah. my god! And then there's me, and I, I on it in all the pitches. They're like, "We got to get you a milk crate." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm like, "I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a big deal." No, yeah, no. Yeah. you're like, dude, you, you look like a munchkin. <laughs> Scott Riddle will get a kick out of that. I catch that at work every day. He sits across from me. He call. Mm-hmm. He pulls up all my pitches on Instagram and puts like a you know munchkin face on me or something. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Among the Boston sports fans, where are your, how do they rank for you in terms of loyalty and enjoyment? I enjoy them all. It's like picking between my children. Right. One of the surprising answers is my top, I would have to say, has been the Celtics lately. Really? I'm yeah. a huge Celtics fan. I've always loved basketball. Um, I continue to play men's league until a couple of you years ago. You do? Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I just I just stopped. Once I hurt the back, that was it for that. But um, Do you ever coach it? Uh, no. Okay. I'm a, I'm, I try to be, you know. I try to be like Charles Oakley. That's that. That's the guy I liked when I was young. I, that's yeah. what I try to play like. But um, you know, I like I like the Celtics. 
I like the Oakley Patriots. is a good parallel for you because apparently, and oh. in, in not only was he a great role player and um, just was really knew what he was good at, right? But also off the court, apparently he was just the the coolest cat in the world. Like like yeah. everybody wanted to hang around Oak, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, he, uh, did, I don't know if you seen. Did you see he get him get into the argument with uh, Dolan? Yeah, that was <laughs> weird, right? Dolan's that was like a thousand. He's arguing with Oakley. What I know. Is he thinking, I know, and they they temporarily barred him, and then I think let him back in or something. Fans went crazy. I mean, yeah. Oakley's like a mascot there. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like how are you gonna ban Charles Oakley from there? Yeah, Nick fans only have so many things to be happy about. I mean, <laughs> come on, right? So, um, C's first. How do you like their chances this year? You know what? I I, I was looking the other day, and the uh, the over under was fifty and a half. For mm-hmm. their wins, I think that they're going to be over that. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be the tops in the you know in the division. I, I'm not sure about one, but I mean they're going to be up there. I know that Brooklyn's time isn't going to come this year until KD comes back from his injury. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like Toronto lost uh, Kawhi Leonard, not looking so hot there. Right. I I do think that that Laker team is going to be tough for anybody in a series, as well as the Clippers. But that Laker team is going to be one of the best defensive teams that's ever taken the court. Yeah. Although you never know, they might screw it up like they did last year. But yeah. obviously, they've got um, the unibrow there, well, whom Anthony Davis now, which is cra- makes a crazy amount of difference. But you know what? To me, it's it's fun to be a Celtics fan now because it's it's almost like um, okay, so it's nowhere near the sustained uh, success of the Patriots, but it's similar in that every season we go in with the punching a puncher's chance. Don't you yep. think? Absolutely. It's it's never like you're out of it when you're a Celtics fan. Right. A couple of years, you know, the, the Red Sox were like that, but obviously they yeah. still sold out all the time and it has a lot to do with the weather and going to some awesome weather games and things like that. But yep. the, the Red Sox have probably the, the most rabid fans, which I like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, goes back to 1918 i guess it's just it's ingrained in so many families but unlike the patriots which uh, until recently now did, were you a fan in the I dark am. days i was yeah i mean i i mean did you go to the games at the I, old stadium yep i can yep. i can remember taking the train from wellington station to catch another train to catch in, to go to foxborough I, yeah I, you know i only did that a couple that, of and that train probably. runs i don't know if people realize this they they just announced just today as a matter of fact that the foxborough commuter rail is now a thing which i presume i haven't really read up on it or anything i presume it's the same line that was for the patriots game but until now that train line was just for the the stadium and the yeah. old stadium new stadium i do remember taking it a couple of times when i lived in town but you got any memories of the old stadium with oh, the aluminum benches i was gonna say the aluminum benches yep. well it was like a wet snow yeah and i was free i was i was younger back then and i can remember being i was kind of like a bit but wow my ass was fr- <laughs> frozen to yeah. the stands and you know the bathrooms were disgusting oh, that God, place yeah. was awful yeah and then it was half if they sucked it was half half empty yep. um and you would just like you know especially the winter it, it, it by the end of the day it's dark it's depressing and i used to hate sundays as a kid just because like i that especially that time of year because i never I had homework to do never did it put it put it Close. off so i know i had to go home in the dark after after the patriots had probably lost and still do my homework but you'd, you'd leave the stadium and you'd just see dudes like pulling down their pants oh, taking yeah. a taking a whiz like yep. left and right big fat white guys it just <laughs> just just miserable so to me, that's why this this success tastes so great is it because does. we went through some of those horrible games, right? And when you go down there and you see, you know, Gillette Stadium and, you know, Patriot Place, you're yeah. like, 
what this is nothing like yeah, it used to be. Right. If we took a time machine like, you know, from, you know, 1982 to to, to the way it looks right now, it would be like, are you kidding me? How did we possibly pull this off? What and, a, what a dump it was. Oh god, yeah. I mean, at, if for those that have never been, it was it was like a glorified like there are high school stadiums in Texas that are way nicer than this was. No seatbacks, right? The, during the winter, everyone's got like a bunch of layers on. You could barely fit all the asses oh, yeah. like in the, in the row. So it's just a little number that's telling you where you're supposed to sit. And um, there were always fights in the wintertime. There were crazy snowball fights, which at least was amusing. Um, but my parents took me. My first game I went was probably 1977 and because and, uh, we lived. We gr- I grew up in Sharon right in the shadow of the stadium. So, but I used to love Grogan. The team always, in various spurts, had pluck. You know, uh, Grogan, Stanley Morgan, and then later with Bledsoe and stuff. So, let's talk about the happy hour. Um, we've got a little more time here with King Hap. And once again, you find his name's Mike Harrington. He actually has a name, but isn't it more? <laughs> isn't it more fun to say King Hap? His uh, at Instagram, it's at King By the way, and don't forget, go to uh, Facebook.com/slash The Wicked Big Sox Fan. But the podcast is going to be called The Happy Hour. So. I, I can tell already there's going to be sports. There's going to be some MMA talk. Absolutely. We'll what, get. We'll what kind of guests? Yeah. We'll, we'll absolutely be having people in here. We're going to get some, uh, you know, like I said, we'll have some of these, some of my trainers in here. Definitely Big John, come on in, talk about some striking, you know, being, you know, first class, uh, first, a first hand look at being involved in, you know, heavyweight championship fights, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously the fighting will be in there. We'll talk about jujitsu. We're going to also we'll have a lot of talk about nutrition. I have a nutrition coach and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to be able to work with a lot of these people. Also, you know, I, I, I look forward to talking about, you know, fitness and, you know, nutrition, as I stated, things like that. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be us, for, for sorry, men yeah. and women. Men, men and women. Well, cool. Yeah, that's good because our listeners, we could use a few more women. women. Mm-hmm. A lot of too many dudes around here. <laughs> one big sausage fest at pod six. Was it just kidding? It's not. Um, but happy. Give us just maybe one or two of your favorite nutrition tips that maybe the world isn't, right. isn't aware of. Well, uh, I mean, if you go by if you go by the you know the principles, uh, like I said, I, I've been lucky enough to deal with Mike Dolce. Uh, if you go by the Dolce principles, you eat every two hours based upon what you just did and what you're about to do. Mm. I mean, basically upon your activity level. So, Let me guess, you eat a lot of chicken. I do chicken tuna. Eggs, Eggs. less tuna than you'd think, but chicken, eggs. I mean, I would probably be 150 pounds if it wasn't for pizza and beer, though. (laughs) Uh, I mean, if I could just stay away from pizza and beer, which I can't. We we all have our uh, evils. We all have our our moments where we have to cheat. Um, Yeah, I I drank too much beer, too, so I switched to bourbon. Now I drink too much bourbon. No, hopefully not too much. Um, Another big one, though, Dave, is that... uh, and this is a, a catchphrase, but you don't count calories. You make calories count. Okay. So basically, don't look at what you're, you know, you eat what you eat to your satisfied, not to your full. There's another one. But, mm. you know, and then you don't worry about how many calories in that. If you're eating good food, you're better off putting good food in and not worrying about the caloric intake as opposed to if you were eating crap, you know, right. processed, you know, uh, you know, sucralose. And you, yep. know, you, you want you want to take in high quality ingredients and not worry about what you're taking. I mean, I eat carbs, people, people, you know, stay away from carbs. You right. Do it. I actually have a lot of friends that actually are in the keto business. And, right. You know, and th- that'd be something else. We'll have a show. We'll talk, we'll talk okay. with my friends who uh, run a keto company. They're, they're excellent people. However, our views don't, you know, but this will be, like I you're said, it'll be a, a show for everybody. You're not a uh, 
convert to keto. No, absolutely. I mean, not. to me, I was suspicious right when it came up because it's like it just feels like the flavor of the year, you know, the flavor of the week. Like it's, it's a fad, you know, right? And so everybody hears this, they think that's what it's have to do. Um, but to your point about the calories, I think that's interesting because I I went on when I um I don't know, I was in my 30s when I first sort of for me anyway, I ballooned up, wanted to lose some weight. And so my wife at the time was doing Weight Watchers. So I started looking at some of the materials and, you know, it assigns a point value to everything, but you could figure out the points based on a combination of calories and fat, right? So you do the math or whatever. And, but the problem was to me, and I did lose weight, but, but I didn't look great. And I, I think the reason why is because, you know, under that theory, you can have a Big Mac if that if you just eat celery for the rest of the day. Well, how can that possibly be healthy if the only thing you exactly. ate that day is like a Big Mac? And, and, yeah, and right. I can eat I can eat a bag of pork rinds, right? But I can't have blueberries, right? I right, mean, exactly, right? I, yeah, how would that make sense? Yeah, you know, I just there's some things about it I don't get, and then I mean, people they tell you, you know, and it goes from one fad to another. And the one thing that has never changed is eating whole foods. So if you eat good organic whole foods that haven't been processed. You know, you don't have to jump from carnivore to keto to, you know, I mean, right down the line. What I, about I, protein powder, protein shakes and all that? You like I, that? Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I have a grass-fed, you know, whey protein isolate. That's what I take after every workout, which is good. I mean, mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, I, I try to stay away from supplements because I try not to put chemicals into my body. Just, be, just due to the fact that, I mean, it's not good for you. Right. So you mentioned the multiple meals, though, right? So, but how, how if you're like around and about, you know, you're in sales. I, I assume you do a fair amount of travel. I, I do travel. I'm, I'm actually yeah. not in sales. I'm in global supply. I'm sorry. Global supply. Yep. It's just the heart of a salesperson. Yep. Right? That's okay, what okay. I <laughs> um, So, but when you're, if you're around and about, what are your tricks? Like, how do you get that, those, those small meals? Do you carry a bag around with like, uh, I, what kind of I, stuff? When I go to work, I carry a bag and I'll br- always make sure that I bring myself, you know, a couple of little meals. I, I'm lucky enough I work close enough to my house where I can go home and use a full kitchen to make my lunch. But, I mean, at 10 o'clock every morning I sit down, I have either a small snack, depending upon what I'm doing. If I'm right. sitting at my desk doing paperwork, I'm going to have an apple with some cinnamon or some nut butter, something like that, some, you know, almond butter, something like that. If, a little bit of protein in there, yeah. Of course. Yep, yep. Uh, for breakfast, I'll eat oats a lot, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, I'll put some fruit on there. I'm not scared of the carbs, especially early in the morning. I wouldn't suggest eating that, you know, before bed. Right. But. Oatmeal's good carbs. I oh, yeah, thought. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, when I, the the second time I went on a diet was like when I was about 40 when um buddy of mine, shout out Dr. Steve Levitt, who is, um, so he's, he's been, in, I don't know if he's ever been a bodybuilder, but definitely into his body. And um, he outlined this whole plan. It was a typical guy thing to do. There was like eight of us going to Vegas. And he's like, we're going to be in shape before we go to Vegas. We're going to look great. We're going to look ripped. Um, none of us looked as ripped as he did. We, we were not exactly sure what chemicals he was putting in his body. Just kidding, Steve. Just kidding. But anyway, um, it, it, was, it was relatively simple, the plan. It was a certain amount of protein. That was his priority. A certain amount of protein per day in uh, five times, yep. five time, five or six times, I guess. And so, um, and basically avoid carbs, but don't be afraid of good carbs. Like, like you said, oatmeal, I guess a banana, uh, what else is good carbs? Yogurt, you know, yeah. um, and then, and then have the protein powder to supplement, like mix the protein powder. With the- Quinoa is really yeah. good for you, obviously Quinoa. vegetables, things like that. But, um, uh, like you said, he's taking it five times a day. So if you think about every two hours, that's 10 hours. You're sleeping pretty much almost right. the rest of the day. And that's if you spread it out two, three hours, that's the entire day. 
the last week he said we had to wake up at like 2 a.m. and drink protein powder and water because that was for the but that was, that was extreme. It's, I didn't do that. It's funny that you say, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, we talked about that. We're going to get into real good shape for Vegas. So right, right, at least right. I'm not embarrassed anymore that me and my friends still do that. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we probably would too, but we're, I don't know. We're getting a little tired at this point, but. But you know what? It's it's not like it's okay. It is it is a little bit. Um, what is it? It's like overly macho to be like to want to be the guy who looks great by the pool. And Hap, Hap always looks great by the pool. You can ch- <laughs> check out all his photos on Facebook. Um, but but really, the the thing is, why not get motivated to to look good because it's going to be good for your body. Also, yeah. I mean, you're not just doing the uh, the show muscles. You know. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't have any. Um, Hap, what else should we know? What else should we know? We're up against the clock here. But look, so so there's a big announcement coming, Hap. And, you know, That's what rumor has it. The rumor has it. The happy hour is coming soon. We're not going to tell you exactly when because there are still wheels churning. But you check those social media channels that we mentioned, and you will hear about it. Or, or just go to pod617.com in the coming months. You'll know about it, and I'll talk about it on this podcast. And we'll have you back, Hap. That sounds like a plan. I actually think that sounds great. I hope that uh, everyone enjoyed the show. Like he said, check out the Wicked Big Sox fan. Go by, and you can check me out, king.hap at instagram.com. I really appreciate the Yas Man, David Yas, having (laughs) me in on the podcast. Um, as uh, I know the music's playing here, but one thing we didn't mention is uh, merch. Will there be happy hour t-shirts and stuff? That's what I yeah. heard. I heard yeah. that we got the happy hour t-shirts coming out. There's going to be uh, sponsored by Pod 617, and uh, yep. we're going to be, everyone's going to be seeing those real soon. Make sure you have them on at the game because the Wicked Big Sox fan would love to give out some tickets to anyone sporting our merch at the games. Love it. You hear the salesperson, Adam. I love it. Yeah. A, B, C, always be closing. King Hap, Mike Harrington, you're awesome. We'll have you back. You're always a friend here at our Westwood Studios at pod617.com. Thanks again to our sponsors, U.S. Postal Service, usps.com slash careers. Adori, go to the App Store and download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I. And if you want your own podcast, pod617.com. The man's right here. He's already on the road to success. You could be too. Right, Hap? Absolutely. How does it feel? I feel the momentum, man. I, I feel do. it. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, thanks again. And if you like this podcast, share it with a friend or a colleague. Do us a solid. My name is Dave. On behalf of King Hat, Mike Harrington, I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy. Yankee fans, <laughs> they don't like us very much. It's your-